0: Welcome to Wonder, a podcast equipping women to live a wonder-filled life with Chrissy Dunham and Lisa Clark. Chrissy is a women's minister who shares his story, his love, and his word by speaking, teaching, training, and mentoring women of all ages. And Lisa is the author of Raising Sinners and Loves Speaking to Mom Groups in Texas and beyond, encouraging them as they raise their children to love God with all their hearts. Don't you know that she's she's some kind of wonderful? She's some kind of wonderful. Yes, she is, she. So kind
1: of wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, y'all, we are so thankful that you were listening to us today. And before we get started with this podcast, I wanted to make you aware of an opportunity. Of course, this podcast is not free, uh, so we would love to partner with you financially. Uh, we love your prayers, we love your comments, and we love that you support us so well through your kind words. But at the end of the day, It takes money. So we have set up a 501c3 called the Party Table, thepartytable.org and you can go there and make a donation to the Wonder Podcast and that will help keep us on the air Lisa and I love coming to you every week and we love our producer and we love what the Lord is allowing us to do but we need partners partners like you if you have a ministry or a business we would love to pump that for you and get some advertising out for you with your donation that would make our hearts so happy but if you're an individual and you just love what you here, we would love to hear from you too. So again, we are a 501c3thepartytable.org because the party don't stop and we want you to be a partner with us. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. I am here with my good friend, Lisa Clark, and we are wrapping up the book of James today. If you've not heard Anything else uh, before we do chapter five today, go back and listen to the rest of the chapters first, because we are going to end it with a bang, just like James does. I love the way he writes. I love that everything's black and white and it's easy to understand when you break it down. And we've had lots of great comments about the book and that people are enjoying Um our talk about James. So, Lisa, I know you've heard from some women. Who is someone that you'd like to give a shout out to? Well, I have heard from some women just like you have. And James chapter
0: five has my heart. Let me just say that. This is my favorite chapter. So much truth here. So many verses that I've claimed for many years. I'm so excited to dive into that. But first, we want to give a shout out to our friend, Terry Lynam. Hey, Terry!
1: Terry you? yes, we're thankful for you listening. She runs Trinity Christian Academy. <laughs> she is um, an assistant there. And as you all know, those assistants are the ones that get all the work done and uh, do all the things that need to be done. So, Terry, thank you so much for listening. We love you as a friend. Um, but we also love that you're a listener and you're faithful to listen to us. So thank for you, thankful for your encouraging words. And we pray that this podcast will enrich your lives as well. Well, Lisa, as we've started out with every chapter, would you take us to the nutshell? Yes,
0: <laughs> here is James chapter five in a nutshell. If you are rich, beware of the love of money and how you use your money. It will backfire on you. If you are not rich, be patient. Life's ledger will be tallied when the Lord returns. Be patient in suffering, as Jesus was. If you are sick, call the elders of the church to pray for you. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. If you see anyone sinning, try to win him back. You will do him a great favor. So like we said, this chapter is full of the best nuggets, great truths. And James, as we know, was the brother of Jesus. He just says it like it is. And he's trying to be so encouraging. And I love when he comes across hot, when he comes on hot, he always comes back around, though, with just a real affirmative word, a real strong word in love. And so I love that about him. I love that about his writing style. So it's just a great, uh, great book. And these chapters have just been awesome. And that's one thing Terry Lynam said to us was she said, I really enjoy when you have your guests on all the guests are so different. And that's one thing that we have heard a lot is that just the variety of our guests on the show. But she said, it's good to just hear you guys teach from the word of God. And that really is what God is here. Right, Chrissy. We're both right. We both uh, really uh, loved teaching in the church and in our neighborhoods and, And so that's what, that's how we met in the beginning. That's how we got going. And just the opportunity we've had these last, this last month or so to teach from the book of James has been thrilling for for Chrissy and I. So just thank you all for encouraging us and and, and for the kind words. So absolutely. And read first six verses out of James chapter five. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just, he does not resist you. So this scripture, and and back in this day, when James was writing here, uh, a lot of the Christians were servants. They were, they were, you know, trying to make their means by working for in other for other people, and a lot. of, Obviously, if you had a servant, then you were rich mm-hmm. <laughs> in this day. And so, it, what he's saying here is that, and and the belief is that these rich people that he was talking about did not know Christ because there's the, there's no way that they could have treated people this way as born again believers in Jesus Christ. By, what does it say, not paying their wages, by being so self-absorbed, all of these things. So he's saying that, you know, that's a corrupt way of living. He's not saying money or having wealth is that's a corrupt way of living. He's saying the way you treat people because you are a person of means is the problem. And I think, you know, it goes back to everything in the Bible, that everything is a um
1: a result of what's on our heart, right? Our heart. absolutely absolutely. And if you uh, take this into the context of today's times, um, and I'm sure we've all been to events or to gatherings that when someone that is a VIP or it's someone of importance, maybe someone that does have a, a lot of money or someone that holds a big title or whatever, They get a table at the front or, you know, we all may joke, oh, we're just in the back, the commoners, you know, things like that. There is nothing wrong with money as long as it's handled appropriately and you handle people appropriately. So I think today we need to be careful. Again, back to the words we use. And we may just be try to be funny or whatever, but the Lord hears all that, obviously. And there are people you and I both know, many, many people um, that the Lord has blessed monetarily that give and give and give and give. I have friends that I just don't think you can give out give the Lord. And and the clerks and the denims do all they can to support ministries and, and do those things and I pray we treat people right um, and you know what Lisa we're considered wealthy in today's times uh, we are very wealthy if we look compare ourselves to others in the worldly way we're not but in real world standards we are wealthy so we have to be careful with the way we treat people people and that we always pay the right amount, even when you're tipping at a restaurant and all those things, because everything you do is a witness of who you are and what you're about. It's true. That's exactly right. We have have to
0: represent Jesus Christ because he's who dwells within us. And we know that he was a friend to the sinners, that he was a friend to the poor, that he did not have a place to hang, to even lay down at night. And so I I just finished a great book called The Girl with the Louding Voice. And when I was reading the scripture and, and preparing, I just was going back to the book so many times because this, if you haven't read it, you should read it. But it's just about a little girl in Nigeria and how she gets sold basically as a servant and she's working for this very wealthy woman and, um, it's not getting paid. She was told she was going to get paid. Of course she wasn't, she's was 14 years old. It was shod labor, it's slavery. And, um, and she comes out of it and the world is just at her fingertips. I won't sh- share any more, but it's just a great book. And uh, i just, of, of, basically the good will come. And that's what the scripture is saying here that, that, we, once, if you are wealthy and you're treating people bad um, you will be judged. And if you're not wealthy and you're, and you're being oppressed and your day's coming, your the joy is coming in the morning. And, um, you know, I, I know that we're in the middle, that the NBA season is starting back. And I've thought about this. I heard on the radio a few days ago, I guess, and I don't follow, I I truly have not watched TV other than Netflix in two months, (laughs) but I was listening in the radio, so I don't really know what's going on in the world, but I know the NBA, they're putting everyone in what they call the bubble in Florida and all the teams that are still eligible, I guess, to be in the playoffs or they're, uh, they're going to be in the playoffs and there's going to play a few more games and then the playoffs are going to start. So they're basically, Quarantining all of the players in what's called a bubble. I don't know if it's a or hotel or what it is. I think it's a hotel connected to like a Coliseum or something. That's what I'm envisioning. Well, evidently, and so we know that these are people of wealth, right? right. We know what NBA players make. It's a lot of money. And so evidently some of them have been tweeting out that it's kind of like being at a Motel 6 or something. And they're complaining about the food is dry and they're complaining about this and that. Well, us on the other side, right? We're having a hard time with this because we're like, dude, you make millions of dollars to shoot a basketball. Now I know you have to be separated from your family a while and there is some there's there's some sacrifice that's happening here. But at any anyway, rate, the point I'm trying to make is Several of the players have stepped forward that are there that are from third world countries or from other places in the world that maybe they had a hard upbringing. And um, I know that um, they were talking about one guy or I think Brad was telling me about this, that he's from Croatia, maybe one of the top players in the league. And he tweeted a picture of he and his five or six siblings in their one room apartment that he grew up in. And he was like, "Well, this is how I grew up, folks. So no, this isn't bad, you know." I mean, man, perspective is everything,
1: right? Absolutely. They they are quarantined in Disney World, Lisa. <laughs> They're in Disney World. We pay thousands of dollars to go there and stay in these super nice hotels. And they're complaining that when they go fishing, they're just catching the same fish over and over and that it's boring and they can't go see their friends in the other hotel and on and on and on. But yes, your point is well taken. I mean, for goodness sake, they're at the happiest place on earth. Let's show some gratitude. Come on. For real. It's all in
0: your perspective. So change your perspective, have a happy heart. Uh, Be thankful. And and you know what? Also, the point there is um, adversity breeds contentment adversity brings humility. And so obviously those who've had a hard life, uh, maybe not maybe the outside of America, because I think growing up here can be such a disadvantage. But um, outside of America, those people are thankful for what they have. So you bet
1: you bet. I'd be excited to be in quarantine at the happiest place on earth. For goodness sake. Um, You want to read, you want me to read verses seven through what? What do you think? Go to like 13. Yeah. Okay. Therefore brothers and sisters be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the earthly early and the late rains, you also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Yes, Jesus, please. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You've heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Above all, brothers and sisters, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. But let your yes mean yes and your no mean no so that you won't fall under judgment. I love this whole section, how he is emphasizing the word what? Patient. He used it over and over and over again, that we are to be patient. We are to be established. Establish your heart. Instead of strengthen your heart in verse eight, you establish your heart because the Lord, his coming is near. And as we walk through this COVID season, my goodness, we're in August. Lisa, this started in March. So you need to be established. Your heart needs to be established. You need to practice patience. And then he uses Job as the example. Job is the example, and you've seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. You need to be steadfast. Our Bible fellowship teacher talked about this on Sunday, and I loved, loved, loved his point here in these verses that you got to be patient with people and you need to be patient in circumstances, especially right now. You've got to be steadfast. When you think about Joseph, you think about Job There are so many examples in the Bible of people that were patient and they walked with the Lord. They never quit. They kept their eyes on him. But the key word was to be patient. So I want to remind our listeners during these days, be steadfast and let the Lord strengthen you. We have a friend in our Bible fellowship class that has um, honey what do you call them? Beehives, have beehives. So you only harvest once a year, once a year. So every time you get honey at the grocery store, I want you to think of this. They can only harvest here in Texas once a year. And I think it's true in other parts of the country, but he can only harvest once a year. And he has like four hives. Well, he doesn't know how much it's going to produce until he gets in there. He has to be patient, give the bee sugar water, and he has to go check on him all the time. And I think he talks to them, prays over him, does all the things. And it's, I want to go to beekeeping school just because it's so interesting to me. To, if they go eat this flower, you know, then it's going to be in the taste of the honey and all this. It's just so interesting that God would take a tiny bee. And Lisa, those bees just live for two weeks. Two weeks. Now the queen, she can live for a couple of years. That girl can dominate. Like she's in charge telling them what to do. But as a bee, you have to be so patient and fly to where you need to fly and come back and do your job because everybody has a job. Well, that's how we are in our Christian lives. The Lord has called us to be patient and walk with him and be established and have, have this established, made up our mind who we're going to be who we're going to be, who we're going to serve. This whole book of James, that's just what it's talking about. Be patient. Be patient and do the things I ask you to do. Be steadfast. And I love that he brings up Job here because these guys in the church would have known all the story of Job. And what a story. How patient was he? His wife left him. His friends were obnoxious. Like, what a nightmare that he was steadfast and patient and he had made up his mind this is who I'm gonna be that is so encouraging to me
0: what do we have that the world doesn't have we have hope we have hope that's what allows us to be patient that's you've been over to Africa Chrissy you've watched who those who don't have much are some of the most joyful. Uh, charismatic Loving kind people And they don't have very much By the world standards at all But what they have They have hope They know that their, their life Of abundance In heaven in, in those streets of gold In those mansions and all that They know that's coming Well that's hope That's The hope that we have in Jesus Christ Is what allows us to have this stamina That he's talking about that's, that's, and that's what separates us from the rest of the world. There is no hope in the world. We know that this stuff is all you you live and then you die. And so without Jesus, you have no hope because you don't have hope for eternal life in Jesus Christ. So that's what separates us. Uh, have you heard of the document, documentary Outcry? I have not. Okay, so it's a, it's a documentary. Brad and I have been watching it. We've, we just watch one a week. And um, it's about Greg Kelly, a young man who was wrongfully accused and spent some time in jail and just the whole uh, story of his life. And 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 I thought about him because I thought about as as the scripture talks about Job, how Job, uh, you know, had this this life that just seemed so perfect right and Greg Kelly had this life that seemed so perfect and he was on his way to great things and I'm not going to give anything away here but um but then all of a sudden you know calamity came and and it was one thing for Job after the next and 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 I think the scripture's real clear here in that for the believer, we have to trust the Lord. And when bad things come and none of us is immune to hardship. None of us is immune to problems. I mean, Job can testify to that, right? That's right. So just because we have Jesus doesn't mean that that we're not going to have trouble. What does the scripture say? You will have trouble. (laughs) Jesus said, you will have trouble. And for the early church, it was trouble unto death. And it was horrible death. And so we're not experiencing that, praise God. And I pray that America doesn't have to experience that. But uh, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ enables us to look past those troubles into the, to, to the face of Jesus and know that, you know, this world is just a vapor. Like we've already said, it's just a blip. And then we have eternal life with Christ. And I think that's what separates us. And that's what gives us joy in these hardships. When, it's, when you've been through trouble, when you've had hardship or you've gone through a, um, a trying time and you've handled it with joy and you've been positive and you've trusted the Lord. I'm sure that people that don't have that hope are looking at you like, how? How is she doing this? How is this possible? Where is this peace coming from? I know I couldn't do that. Whatever. That's that's because of Jesus. He equips us. He walks with us through these things. He was walking with Job. He restored everything to to Job that he had lost and And more. uh, and more. And when we talk about when we talked about a critical spirit last time, you know, that's another one. I mean, I hope I would not have been one of his friends that had been like, curse God. You know, this is ridiculous. This God doesn't love you. Joe. You know, I hope I would have been that friend that had not that did not have a critical spirit that was encouraging Job along the way, trusting God and knowing that he was still on this throne, that there's a plan here. And that's what we have to know, that there is a plan And that we uh, we trust the Lord and and that if we do endure, just like Paul says, we're blessed. That's right. You know, I've run the race and I've finished and the
1: prize awaits me. And that's what we have to. That's right. That's right. Um, We need to go into um, our next verses. But this little verse that says, let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. So that you won't fall under judgment. It's something very simple as if you tell somebody you're going to do something, you need to do it. You need to do it. If you RSVP to a wedding, you need to go. Right, Lisa? Rocky. If you say you're going to be there, you need to be there. Your yes needs to be your yes. And I remember one time I had an opportunity um, for a job. And I had told the person, I'm your girl. I'm doing this. We're We're in. And he came to me right before I was supposed to start and said, the Holy Spirit has spoke to me and I don't think you're my girl. I want to see what you're feeling. Well, the Holy Spirit had told me that too. Like, Chrissy, this isn't what I have for you. This isn't it. And I'm glad. I mean, he waited till the last minute. But in that, just like the Lord, he's always right on time. And I love uh, that's a spiritual marker in my life because I love how the person that was going to. Hire me heard from the Lord and I'd heard from the Lord, but I went to the scripture and said, but Lord, my yes is my yes. I've already told this man I'm doing it. He's already planned on it. We already, we have a plan and I'm supposed to show up and we're going to do this thing. And the Lord released me when that man came to me and said, Chrissy, you're not the person. And I think the Lord has something else for you. And I'm very thankful for that because that would have been a big mistake. That would have been a big a big problem there. So that's how sweet the Lord is. Your yes is your yes. Your no is your no. When you live by the word of God, he will direct your path. No doubt. No doubt. All right, Lisa, let's read about effective prayer.
0: Let's do it. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with all oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature of ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brothers, if anyone among you wanders from truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins Love, love, love all of those scripture. Um, of course, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man of else which, this is a scripture that I learned in college as I was being mentored and discipled by the Boyd's. I think I've mentioned them before, but The boys were a couple at College Heights Baptist Church in Nacogdoches, Texas, Axum Jacks, where Brad and I went to school. Stephen F. Austin. No, we didn't go to Baylor. We went to Stephen F. Austin. Okay, everyone. I hadn't even heard of this school till I met Lisa. It's okay. So we went there and at College Heights Baptist Church, the boys took Brad and I under um, their wing and discipled us. And this is, you know, when I was feeling my prayer life stifled, when I was feeling that um, God wasn't hearing my prayers. Uh, this is what Mrs. Boyd brought me to the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man of Ailesmith. You want God to hear your prayers? Well, live a righteous life, right? Love the Lord, walk in His steps, follow Him, serve others, be in His Word. That's what the, a living a righteous life is it's a life separate, set apart. And so when we're when we're feeling that our prayers are being hindered or that they're not being heard, do we have unconfessed sin? Are we living in a sinful situation? Are we not fall, Are we not loving God with everything we have, with everything we are, and serving others? This is uh, that scripture really came to life for me, and it, and it meant so much when I was in college. I mean, as a just a young person trying to follow after the Lord, and and they said just a great standard and role model at that time in our life.
1: I love that. I love these spiritual markers in our lives that mark where the Lord has taken us. And I pray that if you're a couple out there, uh, that you would get involved in mentoring another couple because it's so powerful or a woman mentoring a woman. Um, That is something that uh, Lisa and I both do. And uh, I think the Lord's called us to do that. And Um, He actually ends the book of James with that, my brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back. Someone turns him back. Let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. I just think that's a call that the Lord has put on a Christian's life. And I love that. So there's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. So, James, what a book. What a ride. Um, My scripture is underlined, and I had notes from different sermons. Um, It's so rich. I would encourage you as our listeners to go back and read the book of James Um, read the commentaries, figure out what all is going on here, because James was a very wise man, very wise man. And all of this is applicable to us today. So I hope that you've enjoyed our journey in James. And uh, we'll pick another book and do this again. And I'll let my boss tell me what we do next. That's Lisa, if you're wondering. (laughs) That's the Uh, Lord. We'll figure it all out. the lord is and your god we, we will we'll get back together and gather around the word again so thank you for listening
0: Don't you know that she's, she's some kind of wonderful she's some kind of wonderful yes yeah, she is jesus she's, she's some kind of wonderful yeah, yeah.